Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Brandon Stover. I'm the founder of Plato University, and this is five AI-proof skills for the future. Our job as educators should be to prepare students with the ability to adapt to the ever-changing world, job market, and themselves. At Plato University, we have students master foundational concepts to help students become highly effective in the 21st century in any context or problem that they may encounter. A recent report from Gallup called Forging Pathways to Purposeful Work, the Role of Higher Education, spoke with 2,000 college graduates, 600 hiring managers, and 1,000 families associated with these students. The report suggested that learners that combined a human skills foundation with key hard skills avoid underemployment or job loss due to automation. And in many cases, their performance outpaces learners for more occupational-oriented programs. Specifically in the report, when they interviewed the employers, those employers said that the most important parts of a learner's education were developing the student's critical thinking skills, developing students' ability to communicate, developing a student's ability to effectively collaborate and work on a team, and developing a student's creativity and curiosity and work that is meaningful to them. Additionally, the study also measured how much college graduates seek meaningful and purposeful work suggesting that a fifth foundational skill might be character building or focus on developing oneself and purpose in life. So the five must-have skills are critical thinking, communication, creative thinking, collaboration, and character building. Let's discuss each one of these skills, why students need it, and how you might help students to develop it. Let's first start with critical thinking. Critical thinking involves analyzing, evaluating, and knowing when to apply data, knowledge, and skills. It involves fully understanding problems from each angle, knowing the amount of uncertainty in a situation and all the factors that could affect making a purposeful and effective decision. Most simply stated, problems occur in the world and you need to intake information about that problem. Understand the knowns and the unknowns of the problem, separating signal from noise and contextualizing the problem in the systems that the problem's embedded in. Critical thinking is required now more than ever with the amount of information, decisions, and global challenges that our world faces. Without critical thinking, a student's decision-making abilities will be very poor, leading to worse outcomes for them professionally and personally. Because at the end of the day, employers hire employees to solve problems in their business. Additionally, if students aren't able to critically think on their own, they're going to rely on other people who can critically think, and those people may not have your students' interests at heart. In the most extreme sense, those people might end up controlling their decisions and could lead to things like tyranny. One of the best ways to help students develop critical thinking is by contextualizing it within a problem that they care about. For example, climate change. Then take them through the process of thinking critically about the problem, aiding them with resources along the way. First, have them analyze the problem. What is the problem? What's the full context of the situation? Who's affected by this problem? Where is this problem happening? Why does this problem matter so much, and especially to the people that are experiencing it? Some frameworks to help them think through this problem analysis is the five-step design thinking process, root cause analysis, whole systems thinking, or first principle thinking. As they begin analyzing this problem, they're going to start gathering information about it. Help them to understand and evaluate the information that they've gathered. What sources did this information come from, and what are the credibility and bias of that information? What information are they still missing? Or what is it that they still don't understand about the problem? Teaching them concepts like information and media literacy and things like the crap test, which is currency, relevance, authority, accuracy, and purpose, will help them to evaluate the information that they've collected. 
inside of this information that they've gathered, there's going to be different arguments about what the problem is, what's causing it, and how best to go about solving the problem. Help them to analyze those arguments effectively. Introduce skepticism, examine the assumptions, challenge the reasoning behind the arguments, and uncover any bias that may be behind the arguments. One of the best ways to do this is introduce logic, which helps students to understand the formal structure of arguments and where arguments may be falling apart. To help them understand the information that they've gathered, have them apply it to a new context. A great way to do this is by teaching your students systems thinking, showing them that when an intervention is made to a system, it creates an outcome. So they may be able to take that information that they've learned, make an intervention into a system that they're studying, and see what sort of outcome is happening. If they're getting outcomes that they don't desire, then maybe they didn't fully understand the information and need to go back and critically think about it some more. And finally, to round out critical thinking, help them understand how to apply information to make effective decisions. Helping them to develop mental models or habits of mind will achieve this. Mental models are just frameworks for thinking. They simplify a complex situation so you can reason through the decision much easier. They also help you make good long-term decisions. Without needing to know all of the information, it's highly unlikely in the real life you'll have all the factors that you need. Our next skill is communication. It's not enough to critically think and come up with brilliant solutions to problems. You must be able to effectively communicate that solution to other people and persuade them of its merit using all and any form of communication that's going to be best to do so. Communication is the practice of taking a thought from your mind and being able to transmute it to someone else's mind so that effective action can be taken. For this reason, if students are unable to communicate, they'll never be able to implement solutions with a team, portray a vision or goal, sell themselves or their creations, or ultimately make the impact that they want to have in the world. So to help students develop their communication skills, give them multiple opportunities to speak, write, or present the things that they're working on or the things that they care about. I'll give you three different examples of opportunities that you could give to your students to develop their communication skills. The first is by doing projects. I recommend having your students do projects where they're demonstrating the skills that they're learning and presenting that work at every stage of the project from ideation to the final product. For example, when I went to architecture school, we were given certain design prompts in order to design a building. And you had to go from ideation or just this concept in your mind to a final building, a final project that you were going to present to the professors and all of your peers. But every stage of that project, from those very beginning kernels of ideation and doing small model prototypes to the final project, we had to repeatedly present our work, get feedback from our peers, and be able to integrate that into the project that we were doing. This means I got multiple opportunities to try and sell my idea, get feedback, integrate it, and then come back and try and sell it again. The next tool to help students develop communication skills is by doing stand-ups. Stand-ups are a tool in many startups to help keep a pulse of where people are in their work. Stand-ups are usually only done about once a week. And in these stand-ups, you can have students record a short two to five minute video sharing what their goals are and what work they did during that week towards those goals. And finally, throwing in where they might be able to use some help from other people that they're working with. Then have your other students watch those videos and give feedback about that stand-up. Have them answer questions like, how well did the student articulate their goal? Did you understand them clearly? Did they tailor their message well for the medium and audience? How can you relate to the reflection of the goals? What came up for you mentally or emotionally while you were watching their stand-up? The last tool that I'll recommend is group meetings. And this isn't your typical at-work group meeting where you're talking about the work you're doing. 
Rather, this is getting together is more of a self-development piece, talking about the different goals that they're working on, what they're struggling with in their life, or anything else that they wish to develop. Here, students are practicing emotional and social intelligence while supporting one another. So, for example, if you're having a major project with your students working towards climate change, you may hold a group where they discuss about how climate change shows up in their lives or how it may make them feel about the different problems happening in our society associated with climate change. A typical group has each student talk for five to 10 minutes about the topic and then may leave a longer 20 to 30 minute section where one student is going very deep about their experience with the topic or you're popcorning and having a more free-flowing conversation. In each of these tools, students are practicing the ability to effectively speak and write clearly how to use nonverbal communication to portray their message, using multiple forms of media to communicate, understanding and applying the art of persuasion to communicate their idea, acquiring the ability to understand and analyze what other people are communicating, gaining the ability to actively listen and have empathy for others, and finally, the ability to give and receive feedback. Next up, let's discuss creative thinking. In critical thinking, we were building the muscle to understand, analyze, and evaluate information, and then know when to correctly apply it. Creative thinking uses those skills as a foundation in order to synthesize everything that you've learned and apply it to a new context, creating something original, often in pursuit of your mission or the problem that you're trying to solve. Creative thinking is a marriage between science and art to create solutions for problems while also enriching the culture in which they're embedded in. It's the practice of combining two or more unrelated things in new and useful ways. Simply stated, creativity is based on facilitated discovery, generating solutions to problems, and creating something new. For any problem that occurs in a student's life or the culture in which they reside, creativity is necessary in order to create new solutions. And the more difficult a problem, the higher level of creativity is required to solve it. So how are we going to help our students develop that creativity? Any creative person knows that absolute freedom to create anything actually leads to overwhelm and you end up creating nothing. However, having a certain set of rules or guidelines in order to push up against, bend, and even sometimes break is actually where creativity thrives. So a great place to help students start developing creativity is by helping them to learn the scientific method because this provides a structure, a set of rules for students to test out their ideas. And in the scientific method, if you're doing it well, you're usually only manipulating one variable. That's going to teach students the muscle of changing just one thing to have a different outcome. And it requires creativity to know how to change that thing in order to elicit a different outcome. Once they begin to understand this, you can walk them through problem-solving methods like design thinking in order to give them ways that they can address problems with a multitude of different solutions. In design thinking, they go through the process of empathize, define, ideate, prototype, and test. They go through a cycle of understanding what the problem is, making a hypothesis about how to solve it, actually building some sort of prototype that they can test out, and then implementing it and getting feedback and seeing if that was the right solution. Once they've started to learn these different processes that can make creativity happen, helps them understand the importance of developing a creative practice where you're doing this process over and over and over again. In the design world, we have a tool called Design Sprints which is basically doing the process I just mentioned in a five-day time frame. And this means that you can do multiple tests over subsequent weeks. You can also have your students do daily creative practices, maybe writing down 10 ideas every single day or iterating on solutions to a specific problem. None of these have to be good. It's just about getting volume at this point, working that muscle of creativity. 
Once they're in this creative process and able to pump out different ideas, you need to help them understand how to decide between these ideas and which ones may be effective solutions. You can do this by having them look at the context in which the problem resides. Have them look for similar problems in other fields and what solutions they use. Have them look at the effectiveness of solutions that have already been implemented for this problem. Then have them start predicting what the effectiveness of their solution might be for this problem. And also help them identify how they might measure the success of their solution once it's implemented. Next, to further help them develop their creativity, show them the landscape of tools that they have available to them in order to implement solutions. This may be teaching them things like no-code tools or going even further and teaching them how to code. And in today's day and age, we have a multitude of AI tools that can help them rapidly execute on the ideas that they have. And lastly, help them understand how their creative solutions impact other people. Have them start questioning what are the second, third, and fourth order consequences to their solution if it's implemented. There's some great resources at the Center for Humane Technology to help your students start working through this thinking. Another great mental model for this is the seventh generation principle, which is based on an Iroquois philosophy that the decisions we make today should result in a more sustainable world for seven generations into the future. This allows your students to balance the idea of rapidly creating ideas and then evaluating those ideas to see which ones are best, not just for now, but for the future as well. All right, our fourth skill is collaboration. Collaboration means working with other people in order to achieve a shared goal. As humans, we've evolved to thrive in complex social systems, from the age of tribes all the way to the modern age of communities and governments. In order to achieve any goal, their student must learn how to effectively interact within these systems with other people. This is going to be true at the scale of intimate relationships to entire world organizations. Because in each one of these relationships, the student's going to be affected by the collective society, and the collective society is going to be affected by the student. There's a back and forth interaction. So your student must learn how to effectively navigate that collaboration. For this reason, it's important for students to understand that they're not mere cogs in this system, but rather that they're change agents and their behaviors and the initiatives that they go after have the power to influence these systems. So students should understand what these systems are, where they stand in these systems, and how they might start collaborating with other people in order to change these systems. This means learning how to be a leader and a team member and distinguish between when is required over the other. During this process, it's also helpful to have students gain a deep self-awareness and knowledge about themselves and how to navigate that awareness when interacting with other people. So to help students begin to develop these collaboration skills, show them why they would want to collaborate in the first place. An excellent place to start doing this is with the sustainable development goals. These look at all the different systems that are in our world and how they interact with each other and the people that are being affected by it. By helping your students understand these problems, you can show them where they stand in each one of those systems and how their decisions and actions affect other people in the world. Next, show them how their actions actually affect and can improve these different problems or these different systems in which they reside. I would do this in two ways. First, have them start to develop systems thinking, analyzing how a system works and an intervention can be made in order to get a desired outcome. Then have them do short projects where they're actually making the interventions towards problems that they care about. Of course, if you're showing them the sustainable development goals, these are large problems. But you can bring them down to the context of their community or even just their household. And then have them start to come up with different solutions, working with other people that are in that community in order to make an effective action. 
Now, we all know from working in teams that when you start doing it, you're going to start butting up against the people that you're working with. And sometimes that's because you haven't found the correct role within that team. So it's good at this stage to help students develop a self-awareness about their personality, their strengths and weaknesses, and how they may best contribute to a team. And with that self-awareness, you can have your students start working together, developing teams among themselves, assigning specific roles to different people based on those strengths and weaknesses. Having some people step up as leaders, others as team members with specific talents, all aimed at one goal, which is this intervention project that they're working on. As they start working on this project, they're going to come up against the difficulties of trying to make an intervention, especially in systems involved with other humans. So teach them the skills of collaborative communication, things like negotiation, mediation, and persuasion. Additionally, help them develop skills in resolving ethical problems and having a social consciousness to things like philosophy, having them combine a practical application with different philosophies to make effective decisions. Which leads us into our final skill of character building. Character building helps students to navigate the real world, both in their professional and interpersonal lives. The focus here is to help the student become a fully actualized person with practical life skills and cognitive tools for achieving whatever goals they may have in the future. In ancient Greece, students would study virtues alongside the practical skills in an effort to understand and live a life of moral character. It was a lifelong pursuit of the good, the true, and the beautiful. Now, somewhere along the way, most likely when we separated religion from education, we lost the focus of developing a student's character. While we increased the ability to learn practical skills, we lost the ability to know when and why to apply those skills. Having character means you have the ability to set an honorable goal in service of you and other people and realizing that the means to reach that goal are just as important as the actual goal itself. The how and the why you do something is just as important as what you're actually doing. But if students aren't developing their character, they become lost with no direction, no guidance, and struggle to make some of the biggest decisions that they're going to face in their life. There's a reason that the self-help genre is one of the biggest book sectors and people fall prey to cults or ideology all of the time. They are starving for any semblance of a moral compass, rules and virtues to live by, to navigate this messy existence we call life. So how might we go about helping students to develop their character? Instead of just having students postulate about how to live a good life, development of virtue is best done through practice. Thinking about what the best action to take may be, actually taking that action, and then reflecting on the consequences of the action taken. Simply stated, you help your students choose a goal, help them think about the best way to achieve that goal, let them take action, and then help them reflect about the actions that they've taken, making corrections to their behavior along the way. At Plato University, part of our mission is to help students develop purpose, choosing a worthy pursuit in solving large problems that are meaningful to them and consequential to others. During this process, students learn First, how to identify what's important to them and identify the skills that are necessary to reach that goal. Then they learn how to have a growth mindset, develop lifelong learning skills, and learn life skills like time management and prioritization to actually have the ability to pursue those skills necessary to achieve their goal. Along the way, they're going to be continually coached to develop a greater self-awareness about themselves and their actions in the world. And we do this to make sure that they're actually staying on their path. During this reflection about their goals and their progress and learning, they might identify character flaws or major decisions that they have to make, choosing between two different routes that they could use in order to achieve their goals. These become opportunities for them to recognize virtues or areas for character development. 
Now, deciding where and how to integrate these foundational skills into your course can be difficult. However, they're going to be crucial for your students' success in the future. So use the link below and let's schedule a free call together. I'll help you work through your ideas and develop a strategy for your course. At the end of the call, there's no hard sells. If you'd like help implementing the strategy, I'd be happy to do so. Otherwise, you're welcome to take the strategy and run with it and implement it yourself. What I care about is that we're actually helping your students to succeed. So use the link below and let me help you turn your wisdom into actionable education. Let's build something great together.